0: and welcome to Just One More Cookie, a podcast about two sisters' journeys toward complete health and wellness. We definitely don't have it all figured out, and we're still in the thick of it, but we are enjoying the ride. We'd love for you to come and join us for Just One More Cookie. Hi, Amy. Hi, Abby. It's good to see you. Don't call me Abby. It's so (laughs) weird when you do (laughs) it. I'm sorry. Yes. Hello, Abigail. I will be addressed as Abigail by Amy, but you can call me Abby. So uh, today we're going to talk about our turning point, the beginning of our journey. And so just to start off, let's kind of talk about our history. What got us started on our journey? You go
1: first. Okay. So, um, I guess I can take it back to childhood because that's really where it all began. Um, I was always an overweight child for as long as I could probably remember. Um, I, I was a tomboy though. So I was very active. Um, I was always outside, always running, playing basketball, but at the same time I was overweight, but that language was never really used in our house um like we didn't really comment on it. I think the only the only time when it became an issue, um my my dad's parents or our dad's parents, our grandparents used to make a lot of mention of our weight. But that was probably the first time I even thought about me being overweight. Even when I got into middle school and we were shopping at plus size stores and can we just discuss plus size stores? <laughs> stores? Like Plus size now, it's like a totally different environment than it was when I was young. Because when I was young, all that we had available to us was Lane Bryant. Um, Which, by by the way, way, to talk about Lane Bryant,
0: it was not cute like it used to be. It was for elderly ladies. It was not fashionable at all. It was rough.
1: You had little options. Very true. And like, uh, I dress like a 45 year old at 16 <laughs> years old because that was what we had available. Right. So you just may do, but I remember I wasn't like super self-conscious about my body or cause I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about my body. Cause I, you know, once again, I'm a tomboy. I was always the funny girl. Um, so I leaned a lot into my humor and into sarcasm and I didn't, it wasn't really an issue. Um, and I didn't think about what I I didn't know about calories or, you know, what you're putting in your body. And, um, like our parents never put us on a bunch of diets and made us feel guilty about our weight. I just, I knew I was overweight, but there wasn't much emotion attached to it. So that was pretty much my history until I found myself probably, this is when I was in, um, late high school, early college. And I was getting to like, Lane Bryant only went up to size 2628. I remember this vividly. And I remember going into Lane Bryant and trying on a 2628 and I it was too tight. It was becoming too tight on me and I was like, "Oh my god. I am going to be a 3032, which was like I'm going to have to specially order because there weren't places that had 3032. So that was when I kind of started panicking and thinking, OK, I don't ever think about this and this doesn't feel like it's a thing, but it feels like it's becoming a thing. So that's like my history up until my turning point. And I know yours is similar yet different.
0: Right. Which before I tell you my story. So tell me how long have you been striving for good health? How long
1: did it have? has it been that you've been on this journey? So I don't remember the exact year and maybe you do. Um
0: I, I feel know, like I,
1: mean, I don't remember yours. Yeah. So I feel like I started in 2003. That sounds about um, right. And how much weight have you lost? It feels about right. So I started in 2003, and up until this this point, I've lost 120 pounds. That is so amazing. Um, so, how many years is that? So, if I started in 2003, math is not my strong suit. <laughs> I started in that
0: would be 17 years.
1: 17 years. Yeah.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, so I have lost um, a a human, um, <laughs> which I don't think about all the time because I've I've I dropped the hundred years and years ago. So it's kind of been the last portion of my weight into really getting into my goal has been um, quite the journey, which we'll talk about um, within the podcast. A lot of the topics that come along with the journey, but sometimes when I think about the amount, it just feels like a shrug your shoulders. But then sometimes I think. 120 pounds is an actual human being like I would li- I could literally eat another human being or multiple children at that weight so it's very significant and I shouldn't downplay it but yeah, yeah
0: that's, that's it's amazing can you imagine trying to pick up a 120 pound person on your back and give them a piggyback ride and think about that Taking that around every single day and the difference that it would do to your body. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I think when I put on a 10-pound weight vest and I'm like, yeah. that, how much of a difference a 10-pound weight vest makes? And then I think 100 pounds. And it's so interesting because I feel like I've been on this journey for so many years that the girl that was over hundred pounds, like it almost doesn't seem real. Like when mm-hmm. I look at pictures, and it's funny because we've we've shown friends pictures that haven't seen us um before we lost a large amount of weight. And I've the reactions have always been the same. Like, who is this? Who I thought yeah. these were your cousins. Like, this yes. is not you. <laughs> and um, because it's been so long, it almost be I almost have that same reaction, like well, obviously I'm not, I'm not that girl physically, but also in so many other ways, I'm not, I'm not that girl anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what very about you?
1: That you say that because I feel the same that I am not that
0: girl that I was when I started, I started in 2006. So 14 years ago and the girl that I was back then was completely different. I was a very, very closed off emotionally. And it was just because, you know, same as you, we kind of grew up in the same situation. We're both overweight. I mean, as long as I can remember, I was overweight and all of the emotions that came with that, you know, just feeling self-conscious all the time, feeling inferior. Like I wasn't, you know, like, you know, I didn't fit in just felt uncomfortable in my clothes and those of you who know me now, I really, I love fashion. Everyone will, you know, I, I like to get really cute, trendy things. I, lo- I love to shop. And I felt like I just wanted to, when I was at this point, I wanted to wear the most blandest things ever because I wanted to blend. In. <laughs> I wanted no one to notice me because I felt like if I noticed, if anyone noticed me, it brought attention to my weight and how I looked. And I didn't want that to happen. So, Which
1: I want to, I just want to interject. Okay. Dressing bland is a totally, was totally attainable at that stage. It really so, was. Yes. Because when I think of what we got from like Lane, Bryant and Fashion Bug, I was like, and I would think that they were so cute. Like I thought that too. I thought, oh, you know, we, we
0: look all right, but. We were very wrong. We look like we were in our 40s.
1: And and there's nothing wrong with being in your 40s. I'm just saying we were teenagers walking around like we had just gotten a job in HR. Yes, it was not cute at all. Yeah.
0: So that was kind of my mindset. I was really, I just felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable in my skin, in my own skin. I felt uncomfortable. Like I, I didn't want to draw attention to myself. And so I was just, I was very self-conscious. I had very low self-esteem and that's kind of where I was emotionally. And since then, since my turning point, which we'll talk more about, I have lost 62 pounds. Yeah. And yay. I've of course lost more than that. And I've lost this 62 pounds, probably at least three times. So really probably all I've lost like 300 pounds. <laughs> 'Cause I lose it and then I gain some of it back and I lose it. But I have never gotten back to gaining all of the sixty pounds back, which is really quite a feat when you think about it. I mean, especially yeah. with you too. I mean, to lose over a hundred pounds and to never get back to that same weight, it's it doesn't happen all the time. So yeah. I can definitely pat both of us on the back for that. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Let's talk about our the name of our podcast because I really I love the name of our podcast although Uh it took a little bit to come up with.
1: Well, it only took a little. Okay, so just from personality basis, um, the way that this works is I come up with ideas and Abigail tells me whether the idea is great (laughs) or no. I either no or
0: criticism. It's very important.
1: It was either no or I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> when we were when we were com- when we were thinking of a name, the essence that we wanted to um, to really stick with is the idea of um, because we are not at this perfect stage in our health journey. We wanted to make this podcast name attainable, just like we want to make all this information attainable and in how we talk. Because for some reason, all of the representation of people that like help. In the health industry, and are there to like coach you through nutrition, and are the personal trainers like they're on the other side of it, mm-hmm. and it's great. And those you want those people. Like I don't want a trainer that's seventy pounds overweight, you know. But at the same time, I feel like in in the health industry, we believe that nobody has and and nobody has something to say unless they've reached the goal. Right. And I don't necessarily believe that. Like I believe at any stage of this journey, you can share what you are learning. You can share your heart. You can share your wisdom and your experience. And I feel like with with me and Abigail, like we've we've been doing this for almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing we learned is that this is a lifetime journey and a lifetime struggle and a, a lifetime dance, and it's enjoyable and it's horrific all at the same time. And we want to create a community of other people that feel the same way about it and are not ashamed to share it just because we're not, you know, we don't have a six pack and we're not at full goal weight. Right. And I think too, so how the name actually came about is we were kind of talking
0: about that and saying how, what has been really important for us and what has really helped us has been accountability, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the future, but We were saying how, you know, we've struggled along the way. It's not been easy. We've not arrived and we probably will never arrive. But just having the accountability, uh, because if not, then it's very easy. If you're doing it on your own and you don't have that accountability, it's very easy to say, well, I'll just have one more cookie or I'll just have one more piece of cake or nobody's really paying attention. I'll just, you know. I'll I'll grab one more sweet or I feel really terrible today. I'm just going to do hit the drive through, whatever. So it's kind of our mindset that we are trying to struggle against that and conquer that mindset, even though we probably never will. We're always going to keep striving, keep going. But that's kind of a history of where the name came from. So,
1: yeah. And I think there's like definitely a myth of the idea of like when I arrive. You know, like when I get there, even the, the idea of getting to goal weight, I have the opportunity of being around a lot of people who have struggled with their weight and who are currently at their quote unquote goal weight. And they still are exercising. They still have to like write down what they eat. They still have mental struggles. And it was super eye opening because it's like, there's this thought of like when I first started on the journey was, oh, this, you know, this is temporary, Mm-hmm. This is just a temporary spot, once I get to my goal weight, everything will be fine, and it will all go back to normal. And it, but I just I think some things in our lives are things that you just have to continuously discipline yourself because our our bodies and our minds, especially if you grew up in an environment where you were already conditioned to just eat whatever you want and eat eat your feelings, and um, you know, food wasn't really um, uh, healthy it can be even more difficult.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about too, leading up to the turning point because while I was talking, I was thinking, I was thinking about this one time when, um, okay, so this is when we didn't have digital cameras and you just used to take the pictures and you would have to wait until the pictures developed and pick them up at Walgreens. Um, And I remember I got a button up shirt from Lane Bryant Um, I was classic button up shirt. I used to buy all these button up shirts, especially for church. It would be a button up shirt and a black skirt. And um, so I got this button up shirt and it was like gray and blue. And I remember thinking, I look phenomenal. Like in my mind, I was like, I am so cute right now. So I remember I had my camera with me. And I'm like pulling a bunch of people into the hallway and being like, take a picture with me, take a picture. So I literally have the same pose in the same spot, taking a very similar picture with like 10 different people. And um, so I remember going to get it, to get the the role developed and I get the pictures and I'm looking at the pictures and I was stunned at how big I looked. (laughs) You know, like when you have those moments where it's like, you have a totally different image in your mind of how you look. And then when you see it from like a different perspective, it was like, whoa. Yeah. And the main thing was, I look really large. (laughs) Like I am clearly very big in, in these pictures. But it was like, I didn't have an emotion connected to it. It was just this recognition of, man, I'm really big, but there was nothing that came after that, which is why I said that, like, I didn't really think about it because I forced myself not to think about it. It was like avoiding side mirrors because I didn't want to see the side of myself and not like really thinking about what size I was wearing and not really thinking about the fact that we'd been shopping at plus size stores since middle school, you know, like not, Mm -hmm. not, it was almost like, there's shame in going into a store and having to go to the left to the plus size section mm-hmm. as opposed to the juniors where all my other friends are going, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was like shame, but it's almost like because I dealt with my feelings by shoving them down and eating mm-hmm. my feelings later, it was just like beyond recognition that I was big, there was nothing that came until I went to um, Six Flags Great America. Mm-hmm. and. You were there with me. I was. So we were going and like everybody's super pumped because they have a new ride called the Raging Bull. And it was like, it was all the rage, pun Mm -hmm. intended. We were very excited. So we're like, oh, we're going there first. So we get there. We walk straight to Raging Bull. It's so hot outside. Mm -hmm. There is an amazingly long line because, of course, we went on Saturday. I think the line was like a two-hour wait. So we're waiting in line. And we're just talking about like, oh my gosh, so excited. This is going to be amazing. We get up to the top and the way that the, like right before you get on the ride, obviously there's like different lines for you to line up to, to get on the ride. So we say we're going in the front. So it's even longer. Sure. And like
0: You have yeah. to, you're going to wait for two hours. You want to yeah. go
1: in the front. Exactly. So I finally get to the front and we're filing in and it's me and Abigail and two of our friends. And we get in the front row and I go to sit down and immediately I know there's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly because I could not get my hips into the seat. Like I could feel that my hips were screaming, no. No way and i'm thinking like i have to somehow push my body down because i was like I this don't... was different than the other ones because
0: a lot of them have the ones where they come over your your shoulders and then yeah. there's yeah. some that just have the lap bar that goes down so this one was very unique in that
1: yeah. <laughs> it was did, so did little... it was coming for the hips and it the was lower not hips.
0: friendly to those big ones of us which
1: is where all of my weight and still all of my weight likes to stay in that hip lower abdomen area Mm -hmm. so I'm like elevated I'm sitting down but I'm elevated my butt is not touching anything nothing is touching my butt I am (laughs) lodged with my hips my hips and my thighs are lodging me. So in my mind, I'm thinking I probably could have just run the ride anyways, but wave it as snug as I was doing. So then I like go to grab the the lap, the lap band thing. Cause you know, you like pull the whatever. Yeah, individual and it was kind of was
0: like a square and you had the handles and you just pulled it on top and it like it fit well. I don't think it was supposed to fit snugly, but it fits snugly. On my own yeah. at least.
1: <laughs> well, now this is where me and you remember it differently. I do, yeah. How I remember it is I remember pulling it back and it not clicking and bouncing right back out. It might have happened one time that it happened. I remember it got down. But I
0: remember when you pull it down on the bar, it had a line where you had to get it past that line in order to click. So, but I, so I remember that it, you you got it down, just not far enough.
1: Well, here, I I also remember the, the attendant coming to me and pushing it down. Right. (laughs) So now we get even more embarrassing. My butt.
0: He was pretty, pretty rough. Like, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) he didn't make that noise, but I felt like that's what he was doing.
1: That's how it felt. He was like staring at my stomach and like, Pushing it with all of his might, and I'm just looking down at my stomach, thinking, "I like, I can't. I don't even know if I can suck it in because I feel like I couldn't suck it in because my legs and my torso were like squished together. Because I was like, this. Because Remember, my butt is not in the seat, so and everything's like, it was just a mess. And he's pushing it down, and then it just kind of like flops back up. And he looks at me and he says, "You can't ride this ride." And I remember getting up, and you know, like when something really embarrassing happens, and you know you're mortified, but you're like, "Okay, I can't show this," and you do like this. Okay, it's okay. I was very devastated when this happened. I felt so bad. So I'm like smiling, like it's okay, but in my head, I'm like, "I've never been more embarrassed in my life." Mm -hmm. And even though he just like said it to me, like, "You have to get off. You can't ride this ride," in my mind, he screamed it at the top of his lungs, and he was like this. Fatty needs to get off. <laughs> Everybody pay attention. It was like. Bat- over, Here she comes. You're too big. <laughs> that's how I envisioned it. Right. Like that's how I experienced that moment, even though it wasn't like that. So I remember like standing on the sidelines and watching you guys have the time of your life on this ride. And I'm sitting there thinking I have to change. Mm hmm. Now, once again, I knew I was big. I knew that it was something that wasn't good, but it's almost like when you, sometimes when you know that you need to change, but there's fear and there's doubt that you'll be able to do it, or you don't know where to start, or um, you know, it's gonna be hard work. Sometimes we like create delusions in our head, Mm -hmm. where it's like, we don't try not to think about it or avoid it. And then, but I felt like life kept smacking it in my face, that Mm -hmm. this is an issue. And when I didn't get to experience that, I realized that not tending to my weight was going to make me miss out on life.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: even though that was just like a, a ride at a, a theme park, it felt so much more significant of, if I don't get this together, what else am I gonna miss out on? Mm-hmm. What other parts of life am I gonna have to say no to because I won't be able to experience it because of my weight? And I made the decision that day, which I didn't end up um, I didn't end up acting on it until a couple years later. But I made the decision that day that this was not going to be my reality, that I was never going to let my weight be an excuse for why I wasn't living or experiencing things that I wanted to experience. Um, so, so that's tell us.
0: Did it ever, did you ever
1: get to ride the ride? Yes. <laughs>
0: Was it everything that you expected and imagined?
1: Yeah, so um, literally I wanna say it was four years later, four years later and it was after I had dropped um, 75 pounds. So I was at the 75 pound mark and my brother and his girlfriend and a couple other people were going and I ended up just going with, with them and, And obviously our brother, Aaron, Mm -hmm. we have a younger brother. Um, So Aaron knew that this had happened to me. So he was like, do you want to go on this ride? And I had known I had dropped all this weight and I'm thinking I should be okay. I was terrified Mm -hmm. because I'm in line and I'm thinking this can't happen again. If this happens again, I will die. But my brother was so sweet. And the whole time we're in line, he's like, Amy, it's going to be like, you've got this, it's gonna be fine. You're gonna do it, it's gonna be great. So we ended up going Rode in the front row and um, I ended up being able to ride the ride and fitting and a tear fell down my eye as as they clicked it in because it was a very big full circle moment of um, just proving to myself that first of all I could do it and second, like a defiance of saying I refuse to miss life because of my own poor choices there's so many things in the world i can't control but this i can and i will control it and enjoy life and and love it and i had a great time
0: that's a really beautiful story
1: thank I you so much i know that story yeah, it was great. He even like held my hand as we were walking oh. up the stairs. And if you know Aaron, you know that he's not a hand holder. So it was very, very sweet. He was super supportive. And then when we got done, he gave me a hug and he was like, See, you did it. You did it. And I was like, I did it. That's
0: very beautiful. I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Thank you. So tell us about yours. Okay. So mine is not mine is not really a specific moment. I mean, I had plenty of moments where I was humiliated. I remember one time, this was when I was a teenager and we went shopping with the youth group. And so there was a ton of people that went and one of the girls, her mom was pregnant. So we happened to go off. um, I don't remember people had maybe gone into a different store, like right next to it or right across the, the little hallway. And they had like a maternity store And so she was like, I want to go in here and look for something for my mom. And so we walked in and the sales lady was like, "Um, oh, are are you shopping for yourself or something like that? I was like, no. And then I know it was very humiliating. And then I'm thinking, first of all, I was like probably 16 or 17, although, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibility, obviously. Right,
1: right.
0: To be asked, I mean, I, I don't even understand it they why do you, why do people ever ask a woman oh when are you expecting are you serious
1: yeah let them say it first right exactly they
0: <laughs> and they're like oh congratulations yeah <laughs> you mean a boy or a girl
1: yeah whoa
0: so that was pretty humiliating yeah um, I just remember like not not feeling good about myself walking quickly past mirrors because almost like if i acknowledge, who's in that mirror, everyone else is going to see it too. So I would just really quickly, like I even remember in gym class after, you know, you got all sweaty and, uh, you're, everybody's getting ready to go back to class and, you know, put your regular school clothes on, fix your hair. And I remember I just threw myself together and ran quickly out because I thought I can't look in the mirror because somebody will see me looking in the mirror and think, wow, she looks really terrible, which is really stupid because they could see me not in the mirror, so they knew what I looked like. Yeah, but and I remember too, to your point about pictures, I remember we used to take pictures all the time. Yeah, and I thought that I looked way smaller than I actually did in person, and it was like having that evidence of. You're really delusional. You are way, way worse than you think. And so I had to have that thrown in my face. And I think it was, I knew that I needed to make a change, but it's one of those, it's like a, if I don't acknowledge it, no one will know. And it's stupid. I feel like, and this is one thing that's unfair about being overweight. Everybody in their life has stuff that they struggle with. And some of it is really horrible. But a lot of it is easy to hide. So you don't have to deal with it. Whereas if you're overweight, you're not hiding it from everybody. Everybody can see you have an issue with your health. And so, which can be a good thing because then it actually makes you face it. Yeah. But for the longest time, I thought, I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening. And then what helped me actually was seeing you and your success because you started, you said in 2003, I didn't start until I was, it was three years later, 2006. So I was, and I put it off a little bit. And then I remembered when I graduated from college, I thought, okay, that's going to be my starting point because I'll be done with school. I won't have the stress anymore. I can actually focus on it. And I think seeing somebody else able to do it and somebody else close to me succeeding really helped me with that turning point. And I thought, you know, it's it's not gonna be me, me by myself either. I'm gonna be able to do it with somebody else. And when it gets hard, I'll have somebody else to look to and somebody else to help me. So that was kind of my slow turning point. It wasn't, I can't point to a specific moment in time where I thought. I'm done with this. It was kind of, I was done with it from the get-go, but trying to find that place where I thought, okay, now I have a plan. I have something I can do until I saw you do it first. So thank you for that. Of course.
1: <laughs> it's funny because when, um, when I decided, I, it can take me a while to make a decision, mm-hmm. but <laughs> once I make the decision, I make it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I made the decision to get healthy, and the first my first weigh in i remember staring at the number mm-hmm. it was 333.1 pounds i've never forgot that that like number will be ingrained into me until mm-hmm. i die because i remember being so shocked because like me and you are saying it's like i didn't want to stare at the reality of that really? it was like avoid it you know it's like mm-hmm. if i don't acknowledge it then nobody else is acknowledging it like only i know that i'm big Right. Like when just, someone will make a comment, it would
0: be like... It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. It would be like, wait, you think I'm big too? Yeah. <laughs> it must be real. You know, because no. only I can think that. Which is yeah. so I think that's how we keep, we keep ourselves sometimes in spaces of our lives where we don't even really like, but because there's so much fear of what comes after that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was not only just the turning point, but we want to talk about the the things that we experience and have learned that we wish somebody had shared with us when we first started about this whole journey. Because right. really, there's so drastic
0: many, at the beginning, it's a drastic change. So,
1: yeah, there's so many like really, really amazing parts of this journey. And then so many like really, really hard rough parts that we wish that people had shared with us um, to kind of help you feel like it's, you're normal. You're okay. Cause like you said, it's a drastic change. You're not just changing physically. Like 120 pounds was not the only thing that left my body. So Mm -hmm. many other things left my heart, my mind, my body. I have taken off so much more than just weight, um, which has been a part of this journey. So we're going to kind of share some of those things with you and share a little bit of stories. But I know for me, this one was difficult to stomach. So one of the first things that you must know about this journey is that you may be at the starting line, but there's no finish line.
0: That's really good, at, I take credit for that because I do. I was the one who wrote that one. That's, That's
1: actually one. really discouraging, but if we break it down, it'll make sense. So Abigail, we'll yeah. break that down. So <clears throat> I
0: think that, if you start on the journey and you think, okay, I want to lose, maybe it's just 20 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. So I'm going to put a bunch of changes into place. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to cut my calories of whatever plan that you choose. You say, okay, I'm going to get to my goal. So then let's say it takes you maybe four months to lose 20 pounds and you get there and you think, okay, I'm, i got my 20 pounds. I'm done. I don't have to do any more of the work because of course counting all those calories was really a pain. And you know, I really don't want to exercise. I am very busy at work. I'm tired when I get home. Maybe, you know, I've got kids and they drive me crazy or, you know, whatever it is that cause everybody has lives and everybody has stress. So you think, okay, well I've arrived. I'm good. I don't have to do anything anymore. <clears throat> Well, the problem is with that, as we all know, if we don't keep going, we'll say, I'll just have one more cookie. And then before you know, one more cookie becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight, whatever it is. So I think that, and I, me personally, I've never made it to goal weight ever. And part of it is I... I think with me, I need to set more reasonable goals, but you know, there's a lot of health issues to that, that factor into that. But I, one thing that always terrifies me is when I get to the point where I am at goal and trying to keep that mindset that I really haven't reached my goal because I'm not done. So it's, it's a very hard pill to swallow because you think I put all this hard work in, I want to be done. I want to stop working hard. But the reality of the situation is, it's never done. You're never finished. You've never arrived.
1: Yeah. And I think the problem with that is like, or like the, the mentality of a of finality is this idea that once you've lost the weight, then it becomes easy. Mm-hmm. Like, And there's no work involved. So if you had to work out, Um, to get you to goal weight, the idea shouldn't be, I don't have to work out anymore once I hit goal weight, or Mm -hmm. I don't have to eat fruits and vegetables once I get goal weight. But the reality is, and I've heard this as a saying before, what got you there won't even keep you there. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you're going to have to do something more to maintain. So now you're in the maintenance stage. And the maintenance stage, from what I've heard from people who are at a maintenance stage can be even more difficult than, a, than if you're trying to to lose or to shed. So when you take the idea of there is a finish line, it keeps you away from doing fad diets, it keeps you away from making really poor choices when it comes to your health to get the weight off easily. And understand that it's, it becomes a lifestyle. And that lifestyle is something that you're always trying to improve upon. Like I always say this, like, I never want my health, to be the reason why someone has to take care of me for the rest of my life. Or when I get older, I am limited. My uh, mobility is limited, my health is limited because I thought I was at a finish line. I thought I could relax. There's never a relax. You should always be trying to improve on your health and your wellness because your body is all that you have. This is gonna carry me until I die? Well, then that means that I wanna continue to, to nurture it, continue to feed it the right foods, continue to keep it moving because our bodies are made to move anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that can really deter us when we're on our journey, um, is not just the idea of hurry up and get to the finish line, it can also be feelings and our emotions and allowing those feelings and emotions to control you and your decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that that is something that is very dangerous
0: to let your feelings control you. <clears throat> I just think, you know, emotions are just very fickle. And if you follow every bit of emotion, especially if you're an emotionally eater, which I mean, I definitely am if I am depressed, if you know, even sometimes if I'm happy, you know, if we're having a party or something and it's, it's always fun to celebrate and have cake or whatever. But <clears throat> if you allow your emotions to control you, of course, we know emotions are fickle. And if you just let that be your main source and your main guide, it can really trip you up. So I think having you need to have a plan in place that trumps your emotions. So that way, when you do start to get that point where, oh, I feel really depressed. I just want to go and eat everything that's in my fridge. But if you remember, no, I have a plan. I have a goal that I want to reach or a path that I want to follow. It'll help you to kind of steer clear of that emotional eating because that can be, it can really trip you up. I know it's tripped me up a lot for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think the key is like, we're not telling you to ignore emotions or ignore feelings because feelings and emotions are valid. So it's okay if you feel sad or you feel overwhelmed or stressed or frustrated. The, the idea is allowing to reteach yourself that those feelings don't have to be connected to giving up and forgetting your goals and just gorging. Mm -hmm. or just, you know, stopping what you're doing because you just say, forget it all. I don't care. Let me just have one more cookie or actually let me just have 10 or this whole sleeve of cookies. Right. Right. So it's important to not let your feelings to control you and to learn about, learn more about your feelings, your triggers, and what are some other ways that you can cope with those feelings? Right. Um, The third one, and this is probably nearest and dearest to both of our hearts, (laughs) is that um, plateaus are a fact of weight loss. Oh, man, those
0: plateaus are rough. And that's probably what led me to lose 60 and 80 pounds three or four times because I would get to that point where I thought, okay, I've set my goal weight and it is – I think maybe, I don't know if I ever truly had an exact goal weight. I think I had said it way too, it was unreasonable when I said it. But I was probably maybe 15 pounds away from where I wanted to be and stop nothing. And of course, you know, it's, you do okay for a while. You're chugging along and whatever you have done in the past that worked is no longer working. And then I think what frustrated me the most is I would go to meetings or whatever, and then they would be like, Have you tried this? Yes, I've tried that. Okay. <laughs> Don't fix me. I've had, and then, oh man, well, you know, you should try this workout. Have you ever tried to do high intensity workout? Yeah, fool, I tried that before. Okay. What's your other suggestion? Because I've heard them all. I've been doing this for 14 years. You can't fix me. And then trying to go there and rationalizing in your mind you know well maybe it's because you know i'm hormonal right now or you know maybe it's because i didn't get enough protein or maybe i felt like it it becomes this science experiment or it becomes this mystery and you have to be a detective okay let me look at all the clues what was it that caused me to not lose weight this week it is so frustrating and i think if you don't recognize that you're going to hit a plateau. I'm sorry. It is a fact of life. If you don't hit a plateau, you are among the few and far between. You are very blessed and lucky. You know, just hats off to you. But more than likely along your journey, you're going to hit a plateau and you have to prepare yourself because you can hit a plateau and be on a plateau for a year. I'm sorry to tell you is a fact, but you have to have that mindset that this is not going to derail me. And you have to do a lot of looking back and think, you know, I'm at maybe 15 pounds heavier than I want to be, but I'm also 50 pounds less than I used to be. So I can't turn around and give up and say, well, it's not working because I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to lose anything else. I mean, it's, it, I don't have the, the key for you to get off a plateau, but just to prepare yourself because it's, it's, it messes with your head for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think understanding that plateaus don't come to, um, to destroy you, that a lot of times if you allow, allow it, a plateau can help you. Like you said, if I'm becoming like a, an investigator of my own life, it leads me to start addressing different parts of my life. You know, like, I've known some people that have hit plateaus that have gone to the doctor and found out that there was some health issues that they might not have even known existed had they not hit a plateau. Or some people who hit plateaus and found like amazing workout routines or decided to try yoga or joined different gyms and ended up really liking it. So I think sometimes plateaus are a way for your body just to say it's time to reinvent ourselves. And this can be really difficult for people who really like routine and sameness um, when they are hit with a plateau, it's like, instead of pivoting and just understanding that the journey is going to be filled with pivots, sometimes we hold on to what's familiar because it's like, no, I've been doing it this way and it needs to work. Um, but you have to be flexible along the journey and not give up because you're not seeing the results. Cause that's when discipline comes in. That's when grit comes in. And that's when it says, even if it doesn't show it on the scale, I'm just believing that I am feeding my body the right foods. I am doing the right things, and this will eventually pay off. And it might not pay off in the numbers, it might not pay off in the inches, but it's paying off some way. So I'm going to keep doing it and then keep pivoting. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, which goes into number four, which is you are going to learn a lot about yourself on this journey, and you are going to love the person that you learn about and then you you might not always like what you find mm-hmm. that you learn about yourself.
0: Right. Um
1: what would you say that you discovered, Abigail?
0: Well, I discovered quite a lot. Um <clears throat> I discovered that I think dealing a lot with my insecurities was really painful for me to cuz you have to look back and think you know, this is why I feel the way about myself that I do. And of course, the way that I felt about myself, I did not feel good about it. So to go back and address those kind of things is very painful. And then, you know, I also learned, you know, you learn about your faults and your shortcomings, because obviously, I mean, people were not supportive. And, you know, we were cut down a lot and made to feel less than because we were bigger or at least i did i don't i can't speak for you but it's still at the same time you know it's those people didn't shove food in my face it wasn't they contributed to you know making me feel less than but at the same time they didn't choose how i reacted to the situation that was me and when i started on this journey i had to start taking some personal responsibility because you know, it was, it was my decisions that led me here. So, you know, to kind of look at that and deal with the shame of it and think, how could I have done this to myself? How could I have let myself get this far? So, but then at the same time, I discovered how strong that I really am. So, because I I haven't given up, I've not gotten to my goal and I've been doing this for 14 years. And so it, it made me a stronger person. So, you do learn a lot about yourself and like you said, it's not always good things, but it when you see the bad that has happened to you and the bad that is within you, that's when you can address it and start making some changes and say, you know, I, I come face to face with my faults and I want to make some changes because I want to be better. I want to do better for myself and for the people that I love. So yeah, you yeah. learn a whole lot.
1: Yeah, I can, I can align this journey with like almost any other part of my life, but it's like the first step is always being honest with where you're at. Mm -hmm. It's like honesty is so powerful and like integrity in, in every area of your life. But it was like, that was why seeing the 333.1 pounds was so sobering because it was like honesty, like smack me in the face. right? And then you do have to start addressing, how did I get here? What sort of things have I put in my life that got me here? And one of the things that I learned about myself is that I wasn't dealing with emotions, that I didn't know how to. So it was like, I learned how to shove down emotions and then numb pain by just eating and eating a whole lot of food and binging. And then as I got older, even when I started this health journey and I hit a major plateau, now was the desire for perfection. Like everyone had to see me as a certain person So it was like when I was struggling on a plateau and I wasn't successful, then I thought, well, then people aren't going to think I'm successful. So then it became an obsession and I dealt with bulimia for 10 years. So then it became binging and purging. And it was like, and that was another form of hiding. It's like when I would binge, I would take all the wrappers, everything that I just say, and I would get it out of the house because I didn't want to see it because I couldn't face me. But it's like this journey is consistently challenging me to look in the mirror. And it's not just look at your physical body. It's look at your habits. What are you what are you trying to cover with the food that you're eating? What are you trying to cover about yourself? And up came a lot of insecurities, came a lot of trauma that I hadn't dealt with. But then the same thing that you said, Ab, like this journey has shown me how strong and resilient that I can be and how valuable, um, how valuable I am, because it's learned, I'm learning how to treat myself better, not just with what I'm putting in my body, but the way I'm moving my body, and why am I moving my body and my motives, you know, so many, so many things, and then making it very personal, like the journey has to be personal, Because if it's about anybody else or anything else, I have found that it's easy for me to dismiss it. Because number five that we wish that people had told us was um, don't listen to other people's opinions, Mm -hmm. other people's judgments, and other people's criticism. Because it doesn't stop when you start your health journey. Mm -hmm. What I have found is people have a lot to say.
0: I oh, wow. had one of our friends, which we love her and she would be okay if we shared this, but she is told, I think both of us, that we can, we shouldn't lose any more weight. And I think this is when we're skinnier because our heads were too big.
1: <laughs> so we would look weird. Which is what beautiful. I'm told. I have told all the trainers I've ever worked with, I would always say, I don't want to lose too much. I have a very large head. Well,
0: I mean, to be fair, Coach X do have pretty big heads. Yeah, heads. I mean, that that should obviously not be a deterrent to lose weight because right. your head will look too big. But that has been one that has been said.
1: I've had, okay, so I've heard that one before, like, you don't want to lose too much weight. I heard that
0: before too. Not heard by that many people, but.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm not at that point. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not, at that concern. Um, but I've heard people say things it, like when it comes to my patterns or my habits, like if I talk to people about working out, like how much I work out, I love to move. I've loved it since I was a kid. My mom used to have to beg me to stay inside when I was a kid because I love movement. I just always have. So people say, don't you kind of work out too much. It, it doesn't take all that. <laughs> or Whatever program that I've been using, you know, if I'm using Weight Watchers, if I'm trying keto, if I'm trying, you know, like different things, it doesn't, people always have an opinion. Oh, that one doesn't work. Or, oh, I don't like that one. Or I've had before where I'll just be at like a potluck and I'll just be eating, you know, Mm -hmm. be filling my plate sometimes. Sometimes I'm filling it and thinking about, you know, maybe I should watch what I eat. And then other times I'm like, this is a free for all. (laughs) (laughs) But I've had people like look at my plate and say things like, "Aren't you on Weight Watchers?" Or,
0: "Oh, I've never had anybody say that." But I would. Oh yeah, I've had it a couple times. Yeah, that's so rude.
1: So, how do you how do you personally deal with if (laughs) other people give their opinions, judgments, criticism? How have you dealt with it? Well, I
0: most of the time I really don't care. And I feel like that's partly my personality. Um, I mean, you could say what you want. I, I just really don't care. And uh, the only times, I think the only things that really bother me is when people give their opinions, like I said before, when I was talking about plateaus, when people act like, um, well, what you're doing, it's you're not doing it correctly. Or I've had a couple people say this to me when I would try like a new plan. Oh, I'm so glad that you're finally, you know, you're you're ready to make a change. I'm thinking, are you serious right now? Almost putting it like, well, you weren't really trying very hard before. So good thing that you finally opened your eyes. I was like, oh no, nah, we're, I'm done with you. So uh, that really bugs me when it's like, especially when I hit that plateau and I'm trying really hard and it's almost like they make it to be your fault. Like Well, you know, if you were doing this instead, have you ever tried this? Shut up. But for, you know, other stuff, like I've had people, I feel like what one thing that really kind of irritates me, but I've kind of learned to just deal with it because I've been doing this for so long, when people are... Especially work people, they have, well, I don't know if necessarily work people in general, but people in general, when there'll be a free for all, like you were talking about, like there's a potluck or somebody brings in food. I'll say here, try some of this. Mm. No, that's all right. No, thanks. Just It's just one bite. It's just, just just try it. No, I will not. And trying to, sometimes you have to get really violent with these people because they will do their best to be a stumbling block for you. And I mean, I, I have built up a lot of armor to that, to where I just, you know, I, they just go right off of my Wonder Woman shield. Bing, bing. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Or that's not, she doesn't have a shield. It's her armbands. So, oh, yeah. even, I don't remember, yeah. Yeah. you know, like that. But uh, man, people can really, sometimes I think they they think they're trying to help you and they're not. And then sometimes they're really, they want you to kind of stay in the same boat as they
1: are or make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I think a lot of times people are trying to project their insecurities onto you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you, um, I remember somebody I was, because I've been losing weight, um, I mean, like I've maintained for a while and then just recently have been dropping weight again. And um, somebody said, you know, oh, you you only have about 10 more pounds. And I have more than 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I have more. And they were like, no, you, it, you don't want to get too skinny because it seems like you have body dysmorphia. Now, if I had been in a different sure. stage of my journey, I might have like internalized that and thought, yeah. wait. Why Is this a real issue? But because I know my body mm-hmm. and I know I, I can visualize what I want my body to look like and I know what health looks like for me, other people's criticism and other people's ideas don't necessarily impact me the way that they used to
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I understand that a lot of times people are projecting their own perceptions or insecurities or their own ideas about health onto me, and I'm not owning that, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not owning that. Because, and okay, so, and this is number six, which kind of comes back to number five, because my goal isn't just to to get to a certain stage, because then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I understand my motive and, and what I'm getting to, because what we realize, number six, is getting skinny won't make you happy. Right. I have lost a human being, as stated previously. <laughs> And I remember after I lost the 100, and it was so big. It was such a big accomplishment because I remember when I first started, after I weighed in, um, I went to a Weight Watchers meeting, and I went and sat in the little area where we were about to have the meeting. And there was this older woman there, and because I thought in my head, I'm not going to be able to do this This like, this is too much. I'm too far gone. Like, 333 pounds? Mm-hmm. Impossible. So started the meeting and we were doing celebrations and this lady had lost a hundred pounds. And I looked at her and I thought, man, if I could just, if I could just lose a hundred pounds, like that became the goal. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, life, if I thought at 331 pounds, I would be 231 pounds in my mind. That was happiness. That was like, That's what I need. And when I get there, I'm gonna be so, I'm gonna be in so much joy. And I lost a hundred pounds and I was really excited, but I wasn't like all my problems didn't get answered and the heavens didn't open up and happiness didn't just fall in my lap. Mm -hmm. Well, what I have learned is it's it's not about the scale. It's not about how much weight I'm losing. It's about how much more acquainted I'm becoming with myself and with my entire body. And that weight is so secondary. Yeah, Weight is so far on the end of the list. It's a byproduct of everything else I'm doing in my life, of the healing and the really connecting with and being okay being with Amy. Not mm-hmm. just by myself, but with Amy fully. That's what makes me happy. Not the scale Not the fact that I can sit here and tell you guys I lost 120 pounds, but to tell you about what I've learned along this journey and what it's done for me and to me, that's what makes me happy.
0: Well, and I think too, I think that losing the weight and getting quote unquote skinny can help you feel better about yourself. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to say that you know it doesn't help because it does it makes you oh, feel yeah. better about yourself so then you have more self confidence you know you you feel healthier so physically you feel better it's just that you have to realize that it's not going to solve all your problems like well if i can just get skinny then i won't i'll feel so much better about myself i won't be i won't feel bad about myself anymore and i mean that obviously it doesn't happen so i think that goes along the lines of trying to think about that number one that you're at the finish line but there or you're at the starting line, there's no finish line. I mean that's the same thing about being happy and being content. You know, you're starting on a journey, but you never get to the point where, you know, I, I've reached complete happiness and complete contentment contentment. It's just not a fact of life. So I think if you if that's your reason for going on the journey is because you just want to get skinny because you want to feel good about yourself it's not going to be lasting. Unfortunately, it would be nice if you could find the magic pill to make you feel great and to make you happy for the rest of your life. But unfortunately there's no
1: such thing. Yeah. And if that were the case, then really people who don't really have weight problems would be the happiest people in the world, but Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not the case, right? Right. There's so much more. Um, Yeah. Which is one of the major things that we're going to be talking about with this podcast is not just the, the physical health, but everything else that goes along with it. That's so much deeper. That is so much more enriching and can really change your life. Do you see how I have all these sun? I do see that. Sun is upon me. (laughs) (laughs) Sun is shining upon me. So, um, let's wrap this up thank you guys so much for for listening if you're watching thank you for watching um we are so excited to start this It started pretty much as like a passion project between the both of us and we want to create a community around this of other people who are in the thick of it just like us and we want to hear what do you guys want to hear about what do you want to chat about let's talk let's let's talk um, and let's share the reality of what's going on on this journey the really high points the really low points Um, And really create something special where we don't feel like we're alone in this. That we are all in this together, improving the whole self. um, So that we don't just keep grabbing just one more cookie. So thank you for joining us today, Abigail. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Of course. Of course. And we will see you guys next week with another episode of Just One More Cookie.